1: Hi, it's Ashley Hales, host of the Finding Holy podcast and author of the book Finding Holy in the Suburbs. And I love this. I love sitting down with new friends to talk about how do we connect the dots between things that really matter, all those ideas, and our everyday holy lives. And this was such a fun conversation. It might be one of my very favorites that I've ever recorded on the podcast, because if you've ever had a new friend and you're so excited to talk with them and you're like, we read the same things we think so much alike. And oh, wow, that's so new. I love it. That's so wise. Anyway, that's a little bit what I felt like talking with Lori Ferguson Wilbert. Lori Ferguson-Wilbert, she has lived all over the United States and is unsettled enough to call nowhere home, but she lives in Flower Mound, Texas for now. She is a wife to her husband and a member of the village church where they both serve. She writes and edits full-time for many publications like the Gospel Coalition, CT, Revive Our Hearts, Fathom Magazine, and the Ethics and Religious Liberties Commission on Spiritual Formation, Faith, Culture, and Theology in Life. You can read more of her work at sayable.net. She is a faithful blogger, so head on over there and pre-order her new book coming out this coming February called Handle with Care: How Jesus Redeems the Power of Touch in Life and Ministry. You'll want to stick around not only for all of our riffing moments and excitement about talking about real faith and what does it look like in our bodies and in our churches but also because I want to leave you with one small step at the end of the episode to take into your ordinary life. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Lori. Welcome to the Finding Holy podcast. I am More than excited to welcome Lori Ferguson-Wilbert today to talk about embodied faith, singleness, marriage, the church. It's such a pleasure to have her here. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yay. It's so fun. So I've been reading Lori's writing for a bit online, and it's so, when I thought about how are we going to talk about this issue of embodiment, she was one of the people that I really wanted to flag down to be on the podcast. So Lori, would you just share maybe a little bit about some of the big ideas that have kind of been rattling around in your head and your heart and your soul
0: about these issues of
1: embodiment and faith?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I would say that I have given hardly any thought to this subject at all until the past like three years, and Mm. part of that was because we went through a little bit of a traumatic season where some traumatic events happened. Um, There were three cross country moves. I was a witness to some uh, gun violence. A couple Mm. episodes of gun violence. we experienced several miscarriages in a short period of time. My husband lost his job. Um, it was just a really kind of a very mm. short period of time in which we experienced a lot of trauma. Mm. And in that time, I started to just realize that my body was not functioning at mm-hmm. uh, its previous sort of levels in, in areas. And so um, I was just tired all the time or... Um, Yeah, just like it was coming out in all these different ways. It was Mm -hmm. coming out sideways. And uh, so I just began to first not really knowing where to look or or who to even uh, talk to about these things. Because I feel like in the church a lot of the time when you talk about like taking care of yourself or self-care is Mm -hmm. a a hot button word, uh, people have strong opinions about that. Um, And So it just felt very, I I felt very isolated as well. Um, But I began to learn that as I began to care for my body, Mm -hmm. um, I began to see Christ's sufficiency and the the point that Christ came as an embodied person Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, became so central to the way that I care for my own body, the way that I care for my husband's body, the way that Mm -hmm. I care for the the bodies of the people that I love. And Mm so, um, yeah, that was kind of how it started. And then to where I am today... Um, so kind of in this
1: trauma, in this phase of trauma that was really, yeah. you know, compressed with so much different loss and um, kind of dislocation, what were what were the kind of practices you started out with to begin to experience your body, um, whether we call that self-care or, you know, whatever, we don't need to get into semantics and yes. it's about <laughs> all of these sorts of things, but um, but we are bodily creatures. And so what were maybe some of those few kind of first steps for you towards healing and towards seeing how the incarnation really affected your every day?
0: Mm-hmm. So I would say that looking back, I can see how my the things that I began to do were in direct sort of uh, battle against the areas that had been harmed. So, for instance, mm-hmm. I felt unsafe a lot of the time uh, we moved to D.C., and I just felt unsafe because of the violence I had witnessed in our previous city. And I found that going for a walk every day felt monumentally human. Mm-hmm. And yet was uh, it was a very small thing that was, it was just helping me to remember, like, I'm safe. And even if I'm not, God is sovereign. Right. Um, another thing with experiencing miscarriages, I began to despise my body, like, to hate yeah. it. And I found that, like, carrying for it. Mm sense of taking a daily bath, that seems like a small thing, but Mm -hmm. taking a daily bath and just saying like, this is my body. Yeah. God loves this body. Uh, even if there's something broken in this body, uh, God still loves this body and he wants Mm -hmm. to care for this body. So Mm -hmm. those are some small things that I started out doing. And, um, I would say that I have not arrived in any way in this fashion, but just beginning to care, um, to even notice, uh, pair of pants that are too tight or a pair of shoes that doesn't fit right. Or, um, I tended to just ignore those things previously Mm -hmm. and, uh, that season just really taught me to pay attention. Mm.
1: And so where did you move from that noticing, um, to be able to kind of re reframe the narrative into, you know, a gospel story in your own
0: body? Yeah, just under, I think at that point, I started to just see, I started to connect some theological dots. Right. Um, And so why did Jesus, why was it important for Jesus to come as a body? Right. Why does that matter? Um, And I think we tend to sort of jump right to, well, because he had to die and he had to be a sacrificial lamb and all those things, which are true and right and good. Mm -hmm. Um, But they weren't, to me, they didn't, they didn't encapsulate all of it. Like, why did he come as a baby? Right. Instead of why a 33-year-old man ready to die. <laughs> why did his ministry not start until he was 30? What was happening in that period of time? Mm-hmm. Um, and just began to think about, you know, uh, well, what was he doing? You know, he was, we see him in the temple, but then we, we don't really see him at all. And so just began to think about what he was doing. He was sweeping sawdust. He was uh, helping his parents. He was, you know, wrestling with his brothers. Those kind of right. things. And those to me, I kind of had to fill in some blanks, but they seemed to matter right, a lot, even though they weren't in scripture. Um, and so then I just began to think about the ways that he interacted with people when his ministry on earth did start. And so much of it was about touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just began to sort of think through those things and yeah. um, and Think, begin to think of taking a bath as a feel theo- as like a theological statement. Mm-hmm. Going for a walk as a mm-hmm. theological statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, touching someone as a theological statement.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. Yeah, that's my language.
0: <laughs> I love it.
1: Um, you know, because there's so much right that we. I feel like, at least for me, I grew up right wanting to think or prioritizing my intellectual life or. Yeah. Um, all of these things that can make me successful and smart and different and, or even, you know, this makes me a good Christian, right? Mm-hmm. It's all of these things I know. And yet if we aren't able to bring that into our bodies and we are sorely missing what it means to be made in the likeness of, of God.
0: Yeah. 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 God, God's, uh, the word says that he created us in his image. Right. Um, and that's, there's something, t- there was bone and dust and dirt mm-hmm. and all those things, and those things matter. They mm. matter to God. and so they yeah. matter to us.
1: Yes. I love that. So tell us, how has writing for you, um, not only about these themes, but how has writing been an, embod- an embodied practice for you to begin to kind of come to terms with your own fact that you are a body and that it's good and mm-hmm. created um, in God's image for good works? What does that look like? How's writing kind of played into that journey for you?
0: So I've always, it's a really good question. And it's not one that I think I've like, I don't have a pat answer for that, but okay. <laughs> I do say often that writing is like exercising a muscle. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think people tend to think of writing as like, well, either it's a gift you have or you don't. Um, but I think a lot of writing is just, uh, Anne Lamott says, butt and chair, like, right, you know, right. just Sitting down anyway. and doing the work. Yeah. And for me, that has been um that is a way that it is embodied for me. It's like, mm. okay, this hurts. This actually right. like- <laughs> Physically, right now I'm, I just I just mentioned to you that I just finished my manuscript yesterday yep. and on the subject and Yay. I have just felt thank you I just felt uh, exhausted in the past couple of weeks right and um and there has been just an element of like get up and sit down and do the work and um and pray that those muscles that have been worked out over the past twenty years mm-hmm. will um, are strong enough to come and write even if you don't feel like it right. Like, can't think through it like your fingers know how to do the work mm. and, um and so in that sense writing is a very embodied thing to do right. for me it is yeah, yeah. Does that make sense? oh yeah no i i totally agree
1: and just the the discipline and exercise of it is a helpful way to, for us to think about ideas of christian faithfulness and witness and obedience yeah um versus like oh i have to be inspired or you know showing up to church and have to have this kind of epiphanic moment and yes
0: i always talk about writing this as as like a sanctifying thing like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: if we let it it will sanctify us Mm -hmm. Um, and that means that it's not always easy uh, and it's not always a pleasant discipline uh, but it's a good discipline it is it it is so what was
1: one thing maybe in you know as you're turning this over as you're you know writing your book what was one thing maybe that surprised you about Jesus and his embodiment and maybe how it related to your own embodiment. Mm, Do you have any moments of surprise?
0: Yeah. I think the thing, uh, this was one thing that early on I saw in scripture before the book was even, you know, even an idea. I saw it and I was like, Oh, that's so powerful. Uh, it's in, um, it's after Christ's resurrection and Thomas, he, Uh, He's just risen from the from the dead, and Mary has come to greet him. And he says, "Don't cling to me." Right. Um, and then he says, "It's kind of a cryptic phrase because I haven't yet gone to my father." And then a little bit while later, Thomas says, "I'm not going to believe that Christ is here unless I can thrust my hand (laughs) into his side (laughs) and stick my fingers into his nails." And Jesus shows up and he says, "Thrust your hand into my side, stick your fingers into my nails." So he's just told Mary. Right. the one who is worshiping him, hey, my body is uh, not long for here. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. unimportant in the grand s- scheme of things. Mm-hmm. And yet to the doubter, uh, he has a different thing to say. And that's, mm-hmm. hey, uh, I'm here for you to enter into the mess. Like it's not clean to stick your hand to someone's <laughs> side mm-hmm. yeah. or into their nail-, nail holes. and But Jesus offers that to the one yeah. who's doubting. And I think... Uh, That was sort of a light bulb moment for me when I saw, oh, to the worshiper, uh, it is important for us to remember that these bodies aren't everything. That there is a new heaven and a new earth. Mm -hmm. Jesus is so much more than a body. But to the doubter, uh, a body is a pretty big deal. Yeah, It's a pretty big deal that Jesus came and rose and then offered that sort of messiness to us. Um, and I love that because doubt has been a big part of my story. And so to be able to to think of Jesus as someone who offers to, like, get in the mess with us. Yeah. That was a really sort of surprising and powerful moment for me. Yeah. And it has continued. I would say that has been, like, that was sort of the light bulb aha mm-hmm. moment um, while I was reading scripture. And then I would say that's kind of carried this mm-hmm. whole process along for me is, um, how does Jesus interact with the ones who believe and how does Jesus interact with the ones who don't, mm-hmm. uh, how does Jesus interact with the sick and how does he interact with the well Yeah, and, with his body? Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that would be, I would, I would think that would be the most surprising mm-hmm.
1: um, and that he right is and saying you can cause me pain, you yeah. physical pain. Too. Yes.
0: Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's just, that's beautiful.
0: Isn't it amazing scripture?
1: Like you just keep coming back to it and it it is new and fresh. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> I'm just yeah. geek out on that sometimes. Um, and so where has that kind of led you? Um, do you, do you feel yourself kind of in a new chapter of healing and embodiment um a new, a new way in which you're like sent out to your community? Um, upon kind of wrestling through all of these traumatic and healing and surprising experiences.
0: Yeah, and I, I don't know if that is all due to the book specifically. I right. also think there's something to the fact that like time does right. help heal us and bring perspective and all yes. those things. So I don't know, is it the book process or is it the time? Um it's been through I love years. it. <laughs> yeah um so I think it's been a combination of both. But I, I do think the main difference is that I, um, uh, Jane Kenyon, the poet, says uh, it's, it's a, she says something like, it's a long journey to learn to become friends with your body. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had moments of just despising the body that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had an ectopic pregnancy this past summer mm-hmm. and was in the hospital for a week. And, and it came, coming out of that was really difficult and dark and just, yeah. Uh, despairing for me in a lot of ways, yeah. but coming out on the other side, learning to mourn, learning that it's okay to mourn, yeah. um, and coming out on the other side, uh, I feel more at peace with the body that I have, mm-hmm. um, more uh, better belief in the God and the sovereign God who mm-hmm. created it and knit together, mm-hmm. um, and in that sense, I feel more comfortable. Uh, interacting with the world as a body, I've always right. felt very comfortable interacting with the world as a mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, very comfortable interacting with the world, even as like a the spiritual side of things. Right. Um, even my heart, just very comfortable with that. Yeah. Very uncomfortable interacting with the world as a body, though. Yeah. And uh, so that's been, I would say, a life changing thing that I walked away. Mm. Um, with after writing this and I'm not saying it forever and all time right (laughs) kinship with my body right that that's never disparate but um I think presently I feel more Mm -hmm. uh friends with my body Mm -hmm. and um I think in that sense that frees we are complicated complex creatures we aren't just hearts we aren't just minds we aren't just bodies we're all those things Together, but if we go into the world bearing just two aspects of those mm-hmm. of that, um, I think we are limping in some ways. And yeah. so, in a sense, I do feel more whole walking into mm-hmm. uh, engaging with people and mm-hmm. my husband and um, even my own body. Yeah, no, that's huge.
1: I feel like, particularly for women, and obviously mm-hmm. we have men and women listening, you know, to the podcast, but. Um, our our relationship to our bodies as women is really very complicated. Yeah. And especially for women who are, you know, tend towards thinking or tend towards feeling the idea about being a body can feel really complex and confusing and, you know, like it, it kind of, it doesn't allow you kind of entrance into the same world, you know, um, that you have to be seen as beautiful to be successful or to be loved or, um, it's really complex.
0: <laughs> it is really complex. And I think our world is just reinforcing those things constantly. Right. And not only the world, uh, the church is reinforcing.
1: Mm. Where, have you seen, yeah, where have you seen the church kind of reinforce <laughs> I- poor ideas of, of the body? And maybe
0: what could we do better? Well, that is what the book will be about. Yay. Um, <laughs> so you all have to go pre-order it when it's yeah, out. <laughs> when it's out. Um, yeah, I, I talk about self-touch, which uh-huh. is a hot topic. Everyone yeah. wants to hear about that one. Um, you might yeah. be doing a lot
1: of fun podcast interviews, huh? <laughs> I'm
0: like, not sure how I feel about that. But yeah. uh, I, I talk about singleness. I talk about friendship. I talk about marriage. I talk about... Dating, mm-hmm. uh, the family, uh, the world and the church. And so and yeah. I think in all of these areas we we can believe uh lies both from the church and from the culture. Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I just try to frame how does Jesus interact with the world and not necessarily specific to that. I mean, Jesus wasn't dating, so how does how right. do we talk about that? Yeah. Um but just sort of as a benchmark, I don't know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um So, I mean, it sounds like you're really trying to get the church to grapple with a more robust view of the body, kind of in opposition to some of the latent Gnosticism, you know, that is still really around. Um, What maybe, what would you say, like on an average Sunday, someone could think about their bodies in worship and in, you know, service towards the church and the world? Like, what would be a few kind of takeaways From, you know, the ideas of incarnation and trauma and becoming friends with our body and, you know, all of these negative messages. What could we do this Sunday, you know, to worship with our bodies, um, to receive the gospel and to be sent out as missionaries to the world and, you know, to our fellow believers in discipleship?
0: Yeah, this is a good one. Uh, This is one that I think there's two things for me um that I, as I've thought about this. One is I I tend to um I tend to want my space on Sunday mornings. Like I don't want to be crammed up against people. Right. I wanna be able to lift my hands and like not be banging up against people. Um and this experience has really kind of pressed on that in some uncomfortable ways to be mm. to just think about what does it mean to like that part of worship means being crammed up against people. Mm. Um that it is worshipful to be, uh, that worship is not a solitary event. Um, and so that's been one, one thing. I think another thing is the power of a hug, uh, to, um, to skeptics Mm. to children. Mm. Um, and so going into church, I don't care whether it's your love language or not. We talk about that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Going into church, intending to hug people mm. and utilizing that, and believing that, regardless of the way they come at you for a hug, whether they come at you for, for a side hug or a front hug or any of those things, mm-hmm. um, because you're loved by God, you can trust that God cares about you, um, he cares about your story, he cares about your history, and so you can you can love freely and mm. you can hug freely, yeah, because um, it doesn't have to say anything about you and who you are as a person Does right. that make
1: sense yeah. No, that's great. Hugging. I I think of this like delightful mashup of the body of Christ worshiping in churches around every Sunday. Like there's a sense, right, which we have, maybe it's technology too, right? Everyone has like their earbuds in and we have kind of created little spheres, little bubbles, um, rather than saying, you know, actually the way that we are best known as humans is in community.
0: Yeah. I think the modern church experience too. Yeah. uh, has, and I put quotes around experience, yeah, yeah. I think that has like really affected the way that we think of ourselves as embodied people, you know, mm-hmm. the lights being down low, being very dark and a lot of sort of mega churches or big churches. Yeah. This idea that like worship is personal between me and God. Yeah. Um, and it's so much more complex than that. It really yeah. is uh, about the body, not mm-hmm. just my body, but about right. the body. Yes. Um, and about Christ's body and all those bodies sort of yes. mingling with one another.
1: Yes. So how is, yeah, how is, uh, maybe you talk about this in the book, but maybe, you know, part of it is kind of this very personal internal work, um, of your own body and your own story. Mm-hmm. And the other kind of component, right, is the body of Christ. And then how does that form us into the body of Christ into the church? Mm-hmm. Um, so what kind of connections have you made between kind of your own personal body work, um, for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. To how that relates, besides just like how do I enter as a body into the the church, and how do I you know embody the grace and story of Christ? To you know, what does it mean that I am a body, that I am a participant, you know, that I have a corporate identity? That's a yeah. big, long, big question. But that was um, a long
0: question. Actually, yes. an entire chapter. Called yes. <laughs> remember, remember, <laughs> re- remember that you're a body. Yeah. Part of a body. Mm-hmm. Remember the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, uh because I think it is really complex and yet it's very simple. When you Mm -hmm. um, sort of mash those things up next to one another, they all matter equally. Mm -hmm. Um, They all matter for the kingdom to move forward.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: If one of those things isn't there, then uh, we can't move forward Mm -hmm. in building the kingdom. Right. And so, um,
1: Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah. And and I'm thinking, you know, what do I think there's this idea, right, where we can be like, yes, church is important. But we have a very kind of consumer driven marketplace um, identities. And so, you know, we choose our churches based on what they offer us. Um, You know, everything becomes like you were saying, this kind of privatized worship experiences and much of the evangelical culture. Um what would you say to people I mean in your own journey about what does it look like to love the body of of
0: Christ I think the the thing the church needs to learn maybe more than anything in every aspect um is that we are complex people mm-hmm. and God is a complex God and his mm-hmm. creation is a complex creation and I think we we tend to sort of um we want to run to the distillment of things mm-hmm. or um, simple things or easy answers or things like that. And so uh, I think it's really important for us to value complexity
1: mm-hmm. and to
0: value conversations within that complexity yeah. and around that complexity and to be okay with unanswered, like mm-hmm. to be okay with things that are, are unresolved. Um, Zach S. Wayne calls it the unfinished things. Like Jesus is okay with unfinished things mm-hmm. and um, he's not in some sort of rush to Resolve everything right away. Right. Right. And so, as humans, we need to be okay with that too. And so, Roka actually says to like, be okay with the unanswered questions. And right. you don't have to come to, um, yeah, you don't have to have like solid answers about everything. And so, if church feels difficult for you and complex for you, that's because it is. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And instead of running away from that complexity, like, Maybe go in there and exist in that the mystery of what is complex there for you. If your body feels complex to you, don't ignore it, um, mm-hmm. which is what I have done in the past. It's just like, oh, that's too, I don't want to think about that. That's too hard. Uh, no, enter into it and see what God might teach me in the midst of mm. that complexity. Mm. Um, the same with um, this was uh, I don't I don't know if this directly answers your question, but it's been so helpful for me. Our one of our pastors at our church when he serves communion, he he always. Uh, recites the Hutterberg Catechism, and he talks about just as you can taste this wafer and feel this wine, that's how real the body of Christ is Mm -hmm. for you. Um, And that it takes something very, very complex, which communion is, uh, and it it does distill it in a sense, but it also makes it even more mysterious to me. Mm -hmm. And, And that mystery has somehow made communion, like, a more worshipful, uh, mm-hmm. beautiful, and faith-filled event, if that makes sense. Oh,
1: yeah. No. But I think, I yeah, yeah, being
0: okay with complexity.
1: Um, right. And and I think it's important what you're saying about, like, wel- we need to be welcomed into that and not expect something different. No. It's really just a good little bumper sticker, you know, for when things are hard and relationships are challenging or, you know, people have different viewpoints and experiences um, within the church and to not run away from that to know that on the other side is what the body should be. Yeah. We hope and pray.
0: I think Jesus too. Uh, one of the things I love about Jesus is he never does the same thing twice in the mm. same exact way with mm. people. He mm. always interacts with people differently. Yeah. And so for us to to walk around expecting that everybody's experience should be the same, this uniform experience of God and the church and our bodies and all those things, I think is asking more than God offers. Mm. Um, or God even wants, I think yeah. God wants things to be, um, beautiful and mysterious. Mm. In a sense. Um, cause he wants us to look to him. Right. Ultimately.
1: Mm. Amen. So mm. good. So I like to close out all my episodes with asking about people's laundry routine and I realize, yes, you just came off, but you know, book writing. So I'm sure everything's a little bit crazy, but tell us your laundry routine.
0: Uh, my laundry routine is uh, take off my clothes and put them sometimes in the hamper in the closet, uh-huh. <laughs> and sometimes on the chair in right. our bedroom, and yep. then magically they appear nice. a couple, like, couple days later because my husband has been um, just a really wonderful trooper through this process and uh, has really picked up where I've slacked. Generally, I just do it whenever we need it. Right.
1: So yeah, I love that. There's a flexibility of roles um, based on needs. There's a sense of which, yeah, no shame and just leaving your stuff
0: <laughs> around. I, I, I've had, i had, I spent a lot of our marriage feeling a lot of shame and guilt about uh, not being a good enough wife in a lot of ways. And the uh, husband has been so good about just reminding me, hey, You're called to be faithful to what God's put in front of you, Mm. and um, right now God's put this book in front of you, and you be faithful to that. Mm. It would not be faithful for you to do the laundry right now. And Mm. so that's been that's beautiful. It's been a huge blessing. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, Because I mean, other times, right? It is faithful to say, like before we started recording our podcast, I'm like, the stairs are disgusting. I'm going to vacuum them. You know, and that was my faithfulness of the moment. Um, Serving your family in different ways. Uh, That's beautiful. It's just like you were saying, so much is much more complex. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being here. It's been a treat to connect and to chat. um, And blessings on you as you continue to be a body and be a part of the body. Thank you. Thanks, Lori. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Lori and that it gave you a lot to think about. And I wanted to also just plug her book coming out in February because it's available for pre-order. And so if this conversation has got you thinking about touch and our bodies and the church, I'd love for you to go ahead and pre-order Handle with Care. You can find links over at aahales.com slash podcast in the show notes. But just here's a little blurb to keep you thinking. Our culture is in a time when reports of inappropriate touch are commonplace, and in the church, we're not doing much better. And yet Lori wonders, what could it mean for families, for singles, for marriages, churches and communities, and the world to have healthy, pure, faithful, ministering touch? Somewhere in the mess of our assumptions and fears about touch, there is something beautiful and good and God-given. And as Jesus can show us, there is ministry in touching. I cannot wait for her book. I've actually read a sneak peek of some of it, and it's absolutely fabulous, you guys. So here, I want to leave you with one small step this week. Touch different parts of your body and pray for them. And I know that might seem super weird, but if God has created us not simply as spirits or as brains on a stick, but actually as whole people with minds, bodies, souls, and spirits. If he not only created the world and physical matter good, but came to earth in the person of Christ in a body, then our bodies are not evil. Like everything, they're broken. And yet they are also how God shows up in flesh, in blood, as he touches people, right? As he heals people. And so maybe before you get out of bed or if you're in the shower, simply put your hand on your arm or on your stomach, on your head, and pray and thank God. Thank God for your head, for your curly hair, for your hazel eyes, for knees that work, and hips that get you everywhere that you want to go, as one of my good friends said. So tell me how it goes. We would love to hear how all of your small steps are going. You can go ahead and leave us a review at iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts so other people can be part of this conversation. Because we know all of these big things matter. Touch, the church, our bodies, faith. But you know what? So does the laundry. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.